1: most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports
0: from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr. Every week at this time, plus Mondays and Wednesdays, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports.
2: And today we speak with NeoU co-founder and CEO Nate Forrester about the demand for at-home fitness and wellness services as people seek ways to maintain exercise regimes amid the pandemic, and where the business may go from here, this world that continues to be very uncertain. But before we get to that, talk about uncertainty, boys. Football, both at the collegiate and the professional level, we are taping this on Thursday morning, but I think I can very safely say, not going to be a good weekend in the world of football, Lynchy.
3: No, it's not. The Atlanta Falcons have shut down their facility uh, Thursday morning because they had a member of their organization test positive. They're supposed to fly on Saturday to Minneapolis to play the Vikings on Sunday. This happened to the Patriots. Uh, We saw what happened to them the first time that happened. They had a Sunday game postponed to Monday and they had to go to Kansas City. And then they had another player, Stephon Gilmore, and they had their game against Denver postponed for a whole week. So... I don't know And what's the
2: repercussions, happen. by the way, through the league were <laughs> yes. immense,
3: beyond belief. Eight different teams had to rearrange their schedule because of the Patriots, and I wonder if the National Football League actually did that uh, because the Patriots were inconvenienced and had to fly on the same day out and back to Kansas City, and they rearranged everybody else's schedule to make it a little bit easier for the Patriots. I mean, the Chargers. Have four games rescheduled, and they're three thousand miles away, and they must be saying, "What do we do wrong? Why yeah. why do we have to upset you know our entire schedule?" So uh, yeah, this is um, that's the uh, pro football side of it.
2: Yeah, and the pro football side, I mean, obviously has massive economic implications, Michael Barr, because if games don't happen, you've got TV schedules that are upended. Not to mention just the cost to the the teams and you know obviously fans aren't affected but it just is not you know i feel like we talk about this now every week that it's trending in the wrong direction for the nfl
0: Uh, oh this is (laughs) it's not good is what i'm trying to say and and especially like what we were talking about i mean the new england game obviously that got canceled because of the the COVID tests uh and then there was big doubt about the tennessee game the Tennessee-Buffalo game, and that brought up a problem if you are a fantasy player fan. Uh, On Sunday, when the news broke, it's like, oh no, Tennessee, there's been another test that's positive for Tennessee. So you didn't know if the game that was already moved to Tuesday was going to go. So then you had to find out, well, do I put this player in? Do I risk doing this or do I risk doing that? Uh, And and, I mean, it's tough. I mean, listen, obviously, I'm not a person with COVID. That's the most serious and important thing. But as fantasy players, as people trying to bet on the game, uh, as the TV rights, I mean, it's a big jumble.
2: Yeah, and it, it's interesting to, to to think about the the implications for these teams as businesses because these are, as I think you guys would both agree, these are people businesses at the end of the day. You know, not just the players, but all the personnel, all the staff, um, you know, they have to think about the health and safety. I think about conversations we've had on this program with Amani Toomer and others around the just the notion of how do you keep a locker room safe? How do you balance the the needs of a player who knows that he only has a limited amount of time in his career, especially uh, in the NFL? Uh, so you've got a lot of little businesses that in the players, they're ultimately relying on all of this. Meanwhile, in college football, uh, things are going sideways at probably the most storied current uh, college football program, University of Alabama. Nick Saban and the athletic director of the University of Alabama, both testing positive, uh, throwing a very big game, not just into doubt, but it's been delayed, the Georgia-Alabama game that was scheduled for this weekend. Now not going to happen. And I I just, I I feel like college football is limping to the finish here, Lynchy.
3: Yeah, uh, unlike professional football, where there's sort of a semblance of control, but not a lot. With college football, remember, these, a lot of these guys are going back to dormitories and yeah. roommates and girlfriends and buddies and classes that, you know, they don't know where, where these people have been. And so I think it's much harder for college football to control the behavior of their athletes than it is for the professional teams. And this is, you know, it's happening all around the country. I mean, Florida and LSU, are they're off, right? And, uh so and we've already seen the University of Houston has had four games postponed not because of them because of their opponents so I mean we felt this way about baseball though when it started out we didn't think it would make it to the finish line and here we are now in the league championship series so who knows maybe football can get its act together Um, but uh, there's none of this is surprising to any of us because we've had these conversations before the season's even started
2: yeah, and it feels like it's interesting to bring up baseball because I've been thinking about this a lot. When you think about the management of this, right? And there's some that you can control and other things you can't control. One of which is the the time and the season, you know, just the the actual seasons, <laughs> the, the turning of the world, the weather getting colder and what's going on in the in the broader society. Baseball in some ways after that initial stumble got a little bit lucky that it played most of its season while the country seemed to have, the United States at least, seemed to have the virus in a little bit more control. And they sort of got through the regular season just in time to effectively bubble the teams a little bit because now you have the NLCS, the ALCS, and the World Series all played you know, in in one place uh, at the same time, and we'll talk about the excruciating loss for, by the Braves in a minute, maybe. Um, yeah, it's still smarting from that. But, you know, on the other hand, you have football, which is now going into a world where the virus seems to be resurging and it, it's just, it's going the wrong way for them. I, I, I'm, I'm very worried about football, both college and, and professional at this point.
0: Well, you know what sport didn't have any problems? Well, two for yes. that matter, but especially one—the NBA. That's right, because yeah. they were in the bubble. And yep. uh by the way, congratulations to the Lakers—they they won the championship. Ooh, and I know. I'm sorry. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. I know. Ooh. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> John Havlicek is ready to come down and beat me alive. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's but LeBron James said it, in, you know, in the post game. You know, when they won everything about talking about being in the bubble, he said, uh, yes, it worked. And yeah. uh, they didn't have any problems. And maybe if we have a next season of football, maybe football needs to take a look at being in the bubble. By the way, Roger Goodell had said it several days ago. "Is like, look, teams, if y'all can get your act together, and you coaches, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come down hard because he's yeah. already fined a lot of coaches for breaking the protocol uh, for wearing the mask. He just yeah. fined uh, John Gruden, I think, was it $100,000?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're fining the individuals and the teams. I, the problem, though, I think, and, and listen, I'm all for economic incentives and disincentives. The issue, and I I mean, this goes back to something Lynchy said a, a few minutes ago. The issue, I think, is less about what's going on on the field. It's off the field. And, and the fact that, you know, in so many cases, these guys are living relatively normal lives. I mean, I, I have to assume, giving them the benefit of the doubt, that they're being careful. But you're talking just about a huge number of people and, and just the law of large numbers and math comes into this, that you're going to have a lot of people who are exposed to, to lots of different things. So I just, I, I, I worry about that. Uh, in the same way that I watched, again, we're taping this Thursday morning, uh, last night, the good news is that plenty of time on my hands because the Braves Dodgers game three was decided very quickly in the first inning. All sorts of records set, and uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, the only good news, I guess, Lynchy, you know, and and you you both have followed baseball very closely. I mean, at some point, the Braves quite literally just gave up. I I think it's it's well, fair to number say number
0: of like. the week eleven. I'm sorry, that was I bad. <laughs> You
2: know,
3: it's, I thought that's where we are really going to – well. No. Um,
2: <laughs> I did too. I was know, sure I was th- that was, was going to be the number of the week.
3: I was thinking about the mercy rule they have like in uh, high school softball or, yeah. you know, when it got to like 11 or so. because we just call this game off and just yeah. move to the next day? Right.
2: Think- because they're playing and, – and you brought this up before we started taping, Lynchy. I mean, they're playing every day. and And yeah. so you do have to – you do have to manage these teams differently given that. And I think that probably if you're managing the Braves, if you know you're, if you know you had a day off, maybe you try and mount some sort of comeback because (laughs) miracles can happen, but they, they just rolled over and that's probably smart because game four is again, we're, we're talking on Thursday morning game Four is tonight. Good Lord I mean it's just I, I was I was emailing with a friend of mine out in Los Angeles and uh and he he sent me a nice email after uh after the after the first game and said game one was a wake-up call so maybe it took an extra game for the Dodgers to wake up but good Lord they woke up
0: see the comeback Jason is. Hey, Tigers fan, at least we're in the championship yeah, series. How's the
2: couch? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, and I will say, just to, to stay a little bit of a homer for a second, um... You know, I'm not sure that a, a couple week, a couple years ago, at least, uh, I would have thought I would would have thought to say the Braves are in the National League Championship Series and the Falcons just fired their coach and they're zero and five and they got shut down <laughs> because of a global pandemic. I'm not sure anybody had that on their uh, bingo oh, card. Man. All right, now let's get to this week's interview with Neo, you co-founder and CEO Nate Forrester. Nate, really nice to have you with us. How's life like down in Florida right now?
1: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. And uh, Florida, Florida's not so bad. I mean, I think with the whole COVID thing and and everybody trying to be smart about it, at least some people trying to be smart about it, I think it's a bit of a mix. Um, I think, you know, I enjoy being here. You can be outside, and obviously the weather's pretty good, and so uh, fresh air and and having some more space uh, than than the Manhattan setup. Um, So I'm happy to be here. It's uh, it's not a terrible place to be. And
2: how's business? I mean, like, how would you – well, actually, first of all, let's start. Tell us about NeoU.
1: Like, what is this? NeoU is the first true digital marketplace for wellness, health, and wellness. And so, if you think about what Amazon is, or even a Netflix, um, we are connecting the gym owner, trainer, influencer, anyone that really has a, a concept in, in wellness, and we're providing them a platform to connect to the consumer. And so, on the consumer side, we are an affordable, amazing product with a really great user experience, and you can do everything from boot camp to, you know, yoga, Pilates, meditation, all in one place with lots of different choices, lots of the top instructors and brands in each modality. And, and it's, it's all one place for you. And we connect with your calendars and, and we incentivize and we work with you to achieve your goals. And so I like to say we're really the first believer in a non-hardware focused digital wellness company. And, and uh, we're really focused on the marketplace idea. and That's what Neo is.
0: Obviously, the pandemic is bad. Everybody agrees on that. But it, there are some advantages for your company because with the at home fitness craze that's going on because of the pandemic, it has helped your company. Can you expand more on that?
1: Yes, and, and that's true. So the pandemic, terrible. Um, you know, we obviously want to get past it, but we thrived through it. And, and look, we were happy to help people. We were a great, you know, source for, for people to get that was affordable that could be quick and, again, extremely efficient and a really good user experience. So, you know, with a lot of these hardware companies during the pandemic, yes, yes they also showed tremendous growth. But a lot of a lot of the demographic of people out there can't afford to spend thousands of dollars on a piece of hardware. And so because we're, you know, $10 a month or $75 for the year, it, it was a much easier play and we could really help a lot of people. And so we thrived through the pandemic and, and got out to, you know, thousands of, of consumers and got really good feedback, great engagement. But I would point out that I don't want people to think the pandemic was like this flash in the pan, people used it, uh, and then you know it's all gonna go back to brick and mortar when things kind of get back to normal. I really associate it more with like a spark plug. I think the awareness that happened during the pandemic, millions of people realized that digital wellness was achievable at home and you could have a good experience and it can be on your schedule and, and you can enjoy it and connect with it. Um, and I think that, that created so much awareness for the industry as a whole. And so I would say that uh, it, it did what maybe years would have done happened in a couple of weeks. And so it definitely helped us. I think it helped a lot of companies out there.
3: Hi, Nate, this is Mike up in Boston. Um, in my research, uh, reading about you, uh, one of your constant lines, which I love, is you want to be the Amazon of fitness. How do you get there?
1: Yeah, so it's a good 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 line, right? We like to strive for big goals yeah, at you. Yeah. Um, and uh look I think as long as we stay focused on the marketplace, right? Nothing's gonna come easy. We're trying to really teach the community and the industry and the and investors and people that are looking at digital wellness that you don't have to have a piece of hardware to create engagement to create retention. I think, I think it's important to understand that it's about the user experience, not just the piece of hardware, and also the scalability, right? We're already in 70 countries today for a hardware company with logistics and manufacturing. It's much harder to do. Our unit economics are much cleaner, a much clearer path to profitability in terms of you know, how our revenue trickles down to the bottom line. And then for us, we wanna be a really great partner to two groups. We wanna be a partner to our consumers. We wanna help them with their goals. We wanna make sure they have a good user experience and not and the subscribers, right? And then our other partner is, is the concepts. We wanna be a great partner to the gym owners, the trainers, the influencers. We wanna help them have a digital business and make sure that we can navigate that with them and, and create this amazing relationship between the subscriber and, and the content creator. And if we can do those things, uh, I think we can be a, a really big marketplace and we can create this ecosystem, this community of real digital wellness with real people sharing their stories and experiences and, and reaching their fitness goals together.
2: So, Nate, when you get a customer, when customers are, are coming to you, what are they adding on to or what are they doing instead uh, before they get to Neo U?
1: So we find that we're actually helping a lot of customers, similar to like a Planet Fitness, actually find wellness for the first time or fitness for the first time maybe they they had it when they were younger and then they had kids or they they you know a job and they they, the first thing that we find with people is that the one thing they cut out of their schedule when they get very busy and life happens is fitness and so we've helped a lot of them refine that and so maybe they were kind of stagnant uh, or sleeping on their their wellness routine and uh, we've helped them get back into it with something affordable and that they that's really functional we also find that a lot of uh, people that were into all these different types of boutique studio classes, right? So the, the class pass user, when it comes to digital, we've really kind of had that angle of this digital class pass, where we're providing all of these options for you all in one place. Um, it, it's really affordable and it's a good experience. So we, we found that some of those core users that can't do that today are a little bit hesitant to go back to that today. They're sticking to me or you, and, th- and then we find even just the normal gym goer. We're really hit the whole gamut of, of what our demographic is from someone that's an average fitness user to a, a really robust into fitness right enthusiast and then someone that's a beginner or or is just finding it now so we're hitting all of those marks with all the content that we have
0: i'm glad to hear that because uh neo you stands it comes from the new you and i'm an old guy and i've been with a company called flabby butt and it's 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 been <laughs> terrible for me and so I want, and you mentioned it, about the beginner's course. It's like, make this, uh, if you can, to the people who just want to start out. Maybe they ne- they have never even worked out anywhere. Uh, is new you a product for them?
1: Yeah, so you you nailed it, right? The new you, that's why I came up with that name. We want to help people, you know, create the best version of themselves. And, uh, look, we have great... Beginner programs. This is this is for them. This is for the new person that wants to try to get the pushups and the air squats. And even if they can only find 10 minutes to get off the couch or in their busy schedule from working or, you know, with the kids or family members, this is for you. We we show you challenges and programs and things that you can start with that are really easy, frictionless. Right. It's like that's that's what it takes. People forget that it takes a big commitment to, to try some fitness, right? You have to get dressed in your clothes. You have got to be a little bit uncomfortable. It, it's not so easy, and so we want to help you do that. And when you sign up and register for NeoU, we ask a lot of questions. We get all your information, and then we show you on your custom homepage all these different things that you can do based on what we know you are trying to get out of out of your NeoU subscription. And so we definitely are for the beginner. We love that. We, we want to help them on their journey and get them more into the fitness and wellness. And I hope that we can do that by establishing a great relationship.
2: So Nate, you know, it's interesting because you guys have had uh, up until the pandemic, this, what I think a lot of people are referring to as sort of the omni-channel approach in the sense that you did uh, and do have a physical location in New York City. Help us understand sort of the mix from your perspective, but also generally how people approach fitness between sort of the physical boutique location
1: and the online at home product. Yeah, And that's a great question. And and I think Omnichannel is probably the way of the future, right? It's going to be a combination of brick and mortar and digital, and you'll start to see some of the biggest fitness companies in the world focusing on that, whether they're brick and mortar and digital or or vice versa. And, And for us, we wanted to make sure that the classes and the content that we were creating and filming on demand, live, all that stuff was real. And so I think to do that, you need a real facility. You need a, a real fitness hub. You need a gym where real people are coming to those classes. You're filming those classes. And again, when you're at home, we want it to feel like a, 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 an experience in a brick and mortar. If you like to go to studio classes, if you were doing that before, if you're going back to that now, and when you're at home, you want to have as close to an experience as the real thing. That takes real people, real classes, real community. And so that's how we have this 20,000-square-foot hub in New York City where you can come in and do all these different classes. The schedule is constantly changing, so you can get lots of different things. And so we love it there. Um, it, it, it's a really great setup, and, and I think it's important to have that. And, and Omnichannel is, is, is the future. It's going to come from every angle. It's going to be the big brick-and-mortar players. You're going to have a connection to them at home. And when they come in the gym, it's going to be the same for the boutique studios. They're going to have a great you know, brick-and-mortar experience, but they're also going to have some availability for at home because what they know is maybe the consumer that was going three or four times a week to the brick-and-mortar isn't going to do that anymore, and there's there's a few different reasons. But but regardless, when that happens, they can still stay connected to them at home. So if you can get them to do one or two works at home a week and then come in once a week to the brick-and-mortar, you're starting to really get into the omni-channel, and then you go, even bigger into nutrition and sleep habits and meditation and dealing with stress. And I think that all really comes together with the fitness and, and the wellness, right? We try not to say fitness anymore because it's more about wellness. It, it's a lifestyle, right? It's one of the biggest growing industries in the world today. And I think we're just getting started. And the thing, you know, like coronavirus and a, and a pandemic. It's just showing that if you're healthier, if you're focused on wellness, it can help you deal with these things. And so Omnichannel is definitely the way of the future. Uh, it's going to be a digital and a brick-and-mortar landscape, and, and I think they're going to work well together.
0: Does it help also, Neil, you, with diet? I mean, that's also an important thing about this during the wellness of the coronavirus era. Do you get into diet?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. And I tell people this all the time. You can train seven days a week but if you're not eating good uh, it's going to be an uphill battle and so diet is a nutrition diet is a huge piece to the puzzle and we do a lot of that on neo so here's a good example i think you just worked out in your living room with your your favorite instructor let's say it's uh, it's christy maraccini with with her go boot camp and you've formed this relationship and you just finish your workout and christy says on the screen hey let's go into the kitchen i'm going to walk into mine and I'm going to make my favorite smoothie that, you know, is a healthy snack or a healthy meal that works for me. You walk into your kitchen, let's make it together. And, and we call that Neo Cafe. We have a bunch of that on Neo U today, and it does really well. We know thousands of people love that because, again, it's functional. It's like, oh, wait a second. I can go into the kitchen and make something that someone who I feel is helping me on my fitness goals is also doing, and we can do it together. And so we, we are doing lots of nutrition stuff. We have some really great chefs and other people that – are on the platform where you can kind of get some tips on how to cook healthy meals. And we have some exciting dietary and nutrition stuff coming out for the new year, which we're really excited about. Everyone kind of having their holidays and eating all the pie and all the really delicious food. I know that's going to be me. And then you want to get back on track uh, in the beginning of January. And so we're going to, we're going to help people do that.
3: Nate, in, in the Northeast, uh, in, in the Midwest, pretty soon it's going to get cold. I know a lot of uh, brick-and-mortar places have moved their equipment outside, and that has uh, provided a comfort level for people who want to go and be around other people and don't want to do digital. Pretty soon the weather's going to change, and the people that want to be around people and work out together are going to have to make a decision. How are you going to convince them that you know they should do
1: it digitally? Yeah, so I think we know that's going to happen. You know, it's going to get cold up there, and... and COVID is not going anywhere at least you know maybe the second wave is coming and people are being pretty smart about it and so that's going to be a hurdle for a lot of the brick and mortar gyms and I'm sure they're going to try to figure out how to deal with that. We also know working out with a mask on and social distancing and it's it's just not a great experience and I, and I think that's another thing that the brick and mortar facilities are dealing with and so we hope to, to you know target a lot of these consumers and say hey we're here we're an option um, we, we're really affordable we're going to have we're going to have a great way to onboard them. And another thing that we do is, you know, you get your free trial. We always say, come to NeoU, try it for free. Uh, we're not asking you to pay up front. Give us a shot. Use us. And if you think it's worth it, sign up and become a subscriber. If not, you know, then we, we obviously want you to stay in health and wellness, and we hope you find something that works for you. But we do think NeoU is going to be a great option for for a lot of those consumers. And we also hope to partner with some of the brick-and-mortar players that are going to have to shut it down or the traction is going to slow down because we can also help them. We can have direct access to some of their consumers and members, and there's a lot of partnership deals out there to help their consumers find at-home fitness. Wall's still cold and they can't go to the brick-and-mortar facility, so there's really a couple ways to look at it, but we feel pretty confident that we can do well there.
2: So, Nate, I got to ask you about the 800-pound gorilla in this area of at-home fitness. Talk about Peloton. It has been a juggernaut during the pandemic. Went public last year to, you know, a little bit of a tepid response. But clearly during the pandemic, as people have been sheltering in place and focusing on wellness in place, as it were, they've seen demand surge. What does Peloton do for the broader business in your estimation?
1: So, you know, we we'll have to thank Peloton for paving the way. I think everyone has to thank Peloton for paving the way for this industry. Uh, you know, what Foley was able to create and, and had the site, you know, the vision to do, absolutely amazing. Um, they have a great bike. They have a great treadmill. Uh, they make really, really solid equipment and content on that equipment. So... It's huge what they've done for the industry. I think anybody that talks nev- negatively about Peloton that's in this space is just is doing a, 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 an injustice because they have really paved the way and have done it quickly. And obviously, the pandemic and everything helped, um, and, and that's that, you know, done some really positive things for a lot of companies. And again, I said, it's about awareness. You know, the consumer needs to know that digital wellness exists, and you can have a really good experience. But we have to give a lot of that credit to Peloton. So we would we would start there. And and you know, I think as they evolve and get better, they're gonna do a lot of different things and they'll continue to look at the consumer and find creative ways to make it more affordable. I know they're doing some of that stuff and they'll obviously be competitors that come and try to be a a cheaper version, less expensive. I think the hardest part for a lot of these hardware companies is gonna be content, right? We also know that the consumer doesn't want just one thing, right? They don't want Peloton spinning, Peloton yoga, Peloton bootcamp, Peloton, because they don't want that. We, we've known that for years. That's what made ClassPass so great in the brick-and-mortar space. And for us, the way that we look at it is, look, you may want to do some spinning, which we also have on the platform, but maybe you want a, a meditation expert or you want a boot camp expert or you want a boxing expert. And so you want to jump around. We know our average user uses about – five to six different brands a month. So they like lots of different things. They want to jump around to those experts. And so while Peloton is doing their thing, and I think they're the biggest winner and, and everyone appreciates what they've done, I think the challenges that they get as they try to evolve will be, you know, to, to be able to offer some different brands and concepts to their consumer, not just Peloton this and Peloton not very agnostic. I think they need to be able to be a bit more creative and give their consumer different things to do and other brands. And so it'll be interesting to see how they get through that process, and I'm sure they will. Uh, They're very smart over there, and and I know some of the guys in their team pretty well, and they're they're great thinkers. So uh, I definitely personally thank Peloton, and I hope they keep up the great work, and and we love seeing what they're doing because the the bigger road that they create, uh, the more space I have to play.
0: You're obviously an entrepreneur now, but back in the day, you were a pro tennis player. Can you take us through those times and what it was like to be out there making a living playing tennis?
1: yeah absolutely and i know you guys cover uh sports and so that was you know as far back as i can remember uh competition has led my life it's been a big factor in in what i do since i was you know 12 years old and so i still consider being an entrepreneur competing today so i'm I'm very competitive uh i think that i thrive in that environment and i love it i just love the challenge every day of, of waking up and so you know i do miss playing tennis you know it's funny um I started to pick it up a little bit more now that I've been back in Florida. Not that easy to play tennis in New York, um, and so I picked it up a little bit here. And uh, and I was good when I played on the tour, and, and I was very young. I was very very young, so I, I don't. I took a lot of it for granted, and it's funny when I play now. I'm definitely fitter uh, than I was then. I train quite a bit, and uh, you know I got very heavy into CrossFit and, and do some functional fitness and, and train a lot today. Um, I love working out, and so when I play now. I'm actually pretty good, but what helps me is I'm I'm a better thinker. I think more about the game when I make a mistake. Uh, I try to understand why I made the mistake. And, and also, because I run Neou so much on data, I've learned how to consume data and look at it every day and make decisions based on numbers. I've kind of taken that over to when I play tennis uh, to pick the game apart and understand the X's and O's of what would give me a better chance of being better at it and, and really thinking through that. And so my, my messaging would be to a lot of the youngsters out there that are, that are trying to make it as professional athletes, don't overlook, you know, using your brain and thinking and breaking down the sport to, to X's and O's and numbers. It's not just all about talent. Because if I would have known that when I played on the tour, I think I would have done uh, a bit better, probably a lot better. Uh, but I can play some now, and, and I definitely think through it. And so I think it's really just understanding the balance of, of raw talent and, and the fitness and wellness, but also using your brain and thinking about the, the data. Uh, And and it's interesting that I've just figured that out now at 36 when when I'm retired, but uh, maybe I should make a a comeback tour for a couple of years and uh, (laughs) see if I can win some matches. Hey,
3: Nate, uh, let me ask you what what you feel separates NeoU from the other fitness companies that are just bidding and campaigning for that uh, digital workout people who don't want to come back into any type of brick and mortar place. What separates you from the others, do you
1: think? Yeah. And so I would just focus on the marketplace and the user experience. We're going to have the most options. We're going to have the highest quality of content. We're going to be the most affordable for what you're getting. And, and we're going to evolve the best out of anyone. So the fact that we're a marketplace means that we really have to you know, constantly watch what's happening. What are the new concepts, best trainers, cool influencers? And we're adding that Every single month to NeoU. So, as a consumer, you're getting such a robust offering where we're keeping it interesting, it's real, we're communicating with you constantly, we're helping you establish these relationships. We've spent millions of dollars creating NeoU, creating the product, creating the content, creating that user experience where most startups would spend millions of dollars on acquisition and building awareness. And I get that. But then they have a really you know, low-level product. They didn't spend the money to create great content. They didn't spend the money on the user experience, on anything like that. We've done it the other way. We've spent money on building the best experience for you at home. And now we're trying to build the awareness. And so because of that, when you find Neou, I can promise that, that you're going to like it, that you're going to enjoy your experience. It's not going to be something they are like, oh, I don't know. It's okay. It's digital. It's going to be more about this is amazing and it's digital and I love doing it at home. And we have taken the time and really thought through the process to be able to do that. And I can promise you a lot of our competitors have not. They're more focused on saturating and getting out there and just trying to get you to come to the platform and and stick around. But we've done a really good job of making sure that your experience is going to be really good. So I can promise if you find you, you, we're going to be the winner in terms of how we communicate with you and and, and getting you to come back and and work with us and finding health and wellness. Uh, That's going to separate us. That's that's what's gonna get us to be the winner eventually when we start to build the awareness
2: Nate you alluded to to this earlier and even in the discussion of peloton it it came up in my mind again which is and John Foley the the CEO and, and co-founder of peloton who who you mentioned has been very vocal about this as well ultimately as much as we're talking about wellness and fitness and exercise and all of those different things what you're doing is so much driven by content and so much driven by sort of the underlying talent in many ways. Tell us about the process of identifying the right talent, like the marketplace for them, and and sort of how you've seen that evolve over the, you know, sort of the conception and the creation and the growth of NeoU.
1: Yeah. and So the reason why Foley says that is because he understands that a lot of people aren't saying, oh, I'm going to go do, you know, my Peloton class. They're saying, oh, I'm going to go train with Robin for 30 minutes, right? Creating those relationships with the amazing talent that Peloton has, which he's done a a tremendous job of getting. I mean, they have great, you know, they have great options there that when you get on that bike, you're forming the relationship. And it's about the instructor. And so it's the same thing for NeoU. We are putting the talent first. A lot of people like to call us a media company. They compare us to, you know, talent agencies and, and companies that are dealing with a lot of media because we have all these relationships. Over one hundred different influencers, trainers, and gym owners on NeoU today. Right. And so if you think about that, that's a pretty big number. And and we have a vetting process. Our head of talent uh, works constantly with finding people that we're looking for, we look at the data, right? So we're saying, what's the consumer doing? Really similar to what Netflix does and, and Amazon, they, they study all this data and they look and see what the consumer is doing and then they want to go and create more of that or find more of that. So we do the same thing. We know what the consumer is looking for. We're constantly, you know, looking at the industry and, and listening to what's happening and we go out and we try to find uh, great partners and, and want to put their content on you and, and, and work with them. At the same time, we have between five and ten you know, concepts reaching out to us a week when they realize and, and hear about me or you, uh, that they can have a digital business and partner with, with us, they reach out to us. And so we're also vetting those, you know, those partners that are reaching out. So we have it coming a lot of different directions, but we're we're looking at the industry, we're looking at the data, and we're also trying to be visionaries to see what's going to happen, make good decisions, be really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there and we have to have something for everyone. So it is about forming the relationship with the consumer and the content creator or the concept. You have to do that. The subscriber comes back to me you not because of me or you all the time, because they want to do their class with their, you know, with Forzag fitness or with Vixen dance or with Jane do or, or, or with drift. There's lots of different things. And we want to establish the relationship between the talent and the subscriber. And that's definitely what we are focused on. We are just a platform to, to form that community. And so, just like Foley says it, we say it. It's, it's a lot about the talent. It's a lot about the instructor, and it always will be. And So we definitely do a good job of that.
0: The producers hate this when I do this, and I make an old man reference all we the time. Go.
2: Here we go. Well,
0: this certainly isn't Jack Lalane I mean, this is... <laughs> See, it's dead silent. That's Everybody's Googling right now. They're trying
2: to figure out how to spell the I mean, Go on.
0: back in the day, you you know, people were at home and at nine o'clock or whenever Jack Lillane came on TV for a half hour and everybody was doing the, 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 light workout, which is great, but times have changed now. And, and what I love about it is that with Neil, you, not only do you have the exercise, but you have the meditation. You have also kid classes, and that's available on the app. Uh, can you explain and in, in more about that and uh, all the the things that you offer? Also, that we uh, that we have not touched on yet.
1: Yeah, and I and I love that the kids thing was something that I was really passionate about, and and was thinking in early uh, twenty twenty. So it's like we we've. We've worked on the kids for a while um, and and love it. Our chief content officer, Michael Rourke, um, is a really big supporter of that, too. has been in content for 30-plus years. And when I brought up the kids' idea, um, it it was a home run across the board with our team. And so think about what happens, right? One, all these kids are at home now, or a lot of them. Some of them are going back to school, but there's still a lot at home. And during the pandemic, the one thing that we forget is, like, yeah, they're not going to history and, and language and math. But what about physical education? What about recess? We all know how important recess is to kids, right? And so Neo, Neo Kids that we created and, and have done was a huge lifeline. to a lot of these kids at home and to the parents at home, to get them moving, jumping around, we have it for six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, all of, you know, 12-year-olds. So it's like we we created that. And it's also, this is really important, I think, is there's kids on the screen. It, it's real kids working out with the instructors, doing lots of fun things, and, and Kids can relate to other kids, and so I strongly believe that kids need to find health and wellness sooner than they are. Uh, we're working really hard at trying to partner with, you know, different boards of education and getting involved with with physical education teachers. Uh, kids' fitness and wellness is really important. I, I think it's a great way to combat a lot of things, and obesity and, and um, you know, ADD and things like that. There's so much stuff that fitness and, and, and wellness can do for kids, and we want to be a really good positive um, you know, line for that. We want to get that happening. We want to show them that, that that you can do it. And and it allows, we have so many stories of users getting their kids and working out with them. And it's a good workout for both. And again, it's just like helping form these relationships and getting parents to be able to do stuff with kids. I think it's really important. We love it. And uh, it's something we're going to continue to push for the foreseeable future. And we love being able to do lots of different things. Like you said, meditation, kids, nutrition, even motivational speaking. We've done some things that taught you know, trainers where they come on and they just talk about being positive. You have to be positive in your life. You have to think about the things that you're capable of. And people need to hear that from from people that they look up to. And just doing that, we have thousands of people looking into that stuff and watching that content. So we love the fact that we can be a platform, we can do a lot of different things, and, and kids is just one of the cool pieces that we can do.
3: Nate, you talked about content. I've seen some of the videos that, that are up there. They're extremely well-lit. They're extre- extremely well-shot. Do you have to hire a production company every time you do one of these, or do you just have an in-house person that takes care of it?
1: Yeah, so like I said in the beginning, where we spent all the money on creating th- the quality of content, we have an in-house team. Uh, we have a control room. This, everything is at MeOU the state state-of-the-art light state-of-the-art sound equipment everything is done top-notch no corners cut this is movie grade quality stuff uh and so it, we we really pride ourselves on the quality of content and you just watch them you said it and that's what makes me so happy is knowing that we've done it we've done a really good job of that so we are not outsourcing and, and doing different things to try to cut the corners we want to give you the best possible experience it's all built in at NeoU. We have dynamic studios where we can change the colors of the walls, the logos on the walls, to look and feel like different brands. And, and the, the sound equipment and how we do all this is, is really as good as it gets. And that reflects all the way down to the consumer and the experience that they're having. And so I promise with Neo U, you're going to get the top-notch stuff. So,
2: Nate, just as we wrap up here, like – where does the the business go from here I mean it's fiercely competitive as we've been talking about it's also there's also this whole notion of we are in a global pandemic we know that the broader fitness business broadly defined fitness and wellness uh, has certainly suffered a bit uh, especially the physical locations I mean I think about here uh, in the New York area and Manhattan specifically boutiques as you well know are not allowed to open there are legal fights uh, all around that. What happens with you guys over the next year or two? Obviously, depending on what happens in, in the world, will will have a, a big impact on that. But what's the game plan in terms of growth? Is this a time that you get bigger through acquisition? Like, what are you thinking about here?
1: Yeah, so we're focused on awareness. We've 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 built it. Um, we've created it. It's ready for the world to see that near you exists. That it's it's the best option. That the marketplace. Is where you can find all this, and we can be a one-stop shop for everyone's answer. Whether they're, you know, a concept or a gym owner, or a trainer, or the consumer looking to sign up, we need to create create some awareness. So the next six months to year for us is about creating that. Uh, really focused on getting the name NeoU out there, letting people know we exist in lots of different places, countries, and and that takes a lot of work. You guys are, I'm sure, aware of, you know, how paid media works. Very very saturated and you know, so you have to focus on social media, you have to focus on affiliate, you have to focus on doing brand partnerships. And so we're gonna, we're gonna stay on that path. We want to let the world know that New you, you exist. We worked really hard on creating it. And now it's time to, to find, you know, and build the community. And so that's going to be our focus. And we hope to work with a lot of partners that, that, you know, want to be, you know, on a team with us. And, and hopefully we can be really good at creating the awareness. You, you have to be you know, smart and you have to be thoughtful and, and creativity is important and you hit it, you know, it's saturation. There's a lot of options out there. Most of them are in the hardware space. So we like that. We're very differentiated from that, uh, but, but we hope that we can really cement ourselves over the next six months to, to 12 months uh, of being a true leader and uh, a marketplace and, and in the content space for, for digital wellness. And so that's what, uh, what I'm thinking about every day when I wake up and uh, besides maybe trying to win Wimbledon again, um, those two things. I start with Neu, but then I go to Wimbledon. After that, um, but uh, but yeah, we're we're focused on creating the awareness and and letting people know that we exist. And and I hope it's going to be a, a fun uh, you know journey to get that done.
2: So do you raise more money? I mean, you guys have been very successful raising money from some big name investors, Mike Arrigetti, who many people know as the CEO of Ares. What's the plan, sort of going forward? Do you have what you need, or or do we see more fundraising down the line?
1: Yeah, so we are currently fundraising today. Uh, sometimes I feel like we're always fundraising. I think yeah. you'll get that from most, most entrepreneurs. It never ends, but we are definitely fundraising today. Um, you know, look, we're out for our, we're calling you our series D and we have fundraised before and it's been successful. Um, uh, but this will be a really the true first growth round for us where we can pour gasoline on this thing and, and watch it explode and really get out to the world. And so, uh, we are looking for investors. Uh, you know, it can be personal, it can be institutional, we're also talking to some athletes, we're looking for the right partner that believes in the marketplace, believes in what, you know, I can do as a, an entrepreneur and a CEO, but, you know, really just believes in Neou and wants to be a positive partner for us. And so we're having a lot of conversations already. Um, I love, you know, doing this part of the business. Like, that's how I met um, Eric Getty and, and what he's been a mentor to me and the conversations that I get to have. And we have some other great investors uh, that that have also put in and, and believe in Neou and so, We are definitely fundraising. Uh, I'm excited about this round because it will be our first true growth round, and, and I hope we can find a great partner. Um, but but that definitely goes hand in hand with with the awareness. We need to do one to do the other. They, they both yeah. work together. So it, it's important that we do that.
2: I mean, it's interesting, and I'll make my own uh, throwback reference here. And as my uh, co-hosts know, uh, <laughs> uh, Nate, this is an ironic one because I am uh, I, I don't have an ample head of hair, but I do think about you know the old hair club for men. You know, I'm not just the the CEO. I I'm a client. I mean, a lot of the investment in these types of companies has come from people who kind of fall in love with the product, right? I mean, that's one of the interesting sort of nexus, nexi, uh as it were, of the fitness world is that a lot of your your customers end up being the, the folks who are ultimately investing and that certainly fueled a lot of the um, success, it feels like, in the fitness and wellness business.
1: Absolutely. You know, we get a lot of calls that I'm on today where, you know, the, the investor says, oh, and we use Neo U, and that's a really great way to start the call, I love those, right? Because I'm like, okay, you know what you're doing, you know what the product is and the user experience, and so that's that's important. Also, in, in finance and fundraising, you know, health and wellness is a really big, you know, part of a lot of their lives. So mm-hmm. I think as that industry has evolved, it's really interesting. I think it's becoming not so much about the X's and O's, which will always be important, right, the numbers on paper, but more about you know the operations and the operator, and some of these funds are looking at investments differently about the ceo and, and the founder and the vision and and not so much about what they've done already what they could do and so you're finding a lot more operators working in finance and i think that's what's helping that industry evolve and so we have a lot of them using you, you and wanting to get on the phone because they use it and they believe that means there's going to be millions of other people that want to use it and so i would definitely say that i think that's that's something that's happening in all investment industries but definitely in health and wellness and we love that we want more people to use it so I can talk more about it so they know what they're talking about.
2: All right. Well, we really enjoy uh, spending time with you. Thank you so much, Nate. Come back and chat with us uh, as you move along, because uh, obviously this is a, an area we're very interested in, and the broader world is very interested in. Nate Forster is the co-founder and CEO of NeoU. Thank you so much, man. Thanks,
1: guys. Really appreciated being here and enjoyed it. And I hope everybody, you know, has a safe uh, holiday and, and get through. And I look forward to connecting again soon. All right, guys. Uh, obviously, a very passionate
2: entrepreneur in Nate Forster yeah i i love the enthusiasm and fitness especially when it comes to the at home version certainly has had a moment during this pandemic uh flabby butts notwithstanding Michael Barr.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm throwing that company to the wolves. I'm done with that. I'm done I tell you. One thing I love They had a good run though. They had a good butts. run. They had a really know, good run. They but was the they kept offering me Doritos and that was the problem. <laughs> uh, I, I love Neo You for for many reasons. Obviously the exercise part. That that's great. But I love the meditation and I think that's important, especially during these times where maybe you need to clear your mind and yeah. you take a class for meditation. And especially the kids' classes, because there was a phrase that we used to have when I was a kid, and it was just one sentence when you wanted to run outside, hey, let's get up a game. And yeah. I don't care if you get the football or a ball and a bat, but that was the thing. And you don't have that anymore. You have a lot of kids on, on video games now. So hopefully the, the kids' classes will helped spark that move to get everybody to go back maybe outside and play football or, or basketball or whatever.
2: Yeah. A good walk spoiled is usually your uh, your form of both uh, meditation <laughs> yeah. and frustration, right, Lynchy? But I, yeah, you're, you're a gym guy.
3: Yeah. I, well, my wife goes to the gym three or four days a week. I have one down in the basement, so I'm the cheapskate of the family. There you go. But uh, what, I, what I was surprised, though, is I thought when we mentioned Peloton, he was going to like treat it as the Home Depot in the neighborhood, <laughs> sort yeah. of uh, putting out the local hardware store. But he actually praised Peloton. He thanked them yeah. and said that the bigger road they pave – the better it is for him, and that, that surprised me. And uh, and uh, listening to him, um, he's he's aggressive. He's uh, every day is a new day. How do I attract more people? Because you know when the weather changes, we talked about this in the north and the northeast and all these uh, cold weather places. People are not they're going to be reluctant to go indoors, and they're going to yeah. have to make a decision: Do I want to do it digitally or just sit on the couch and eat Doritos?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Flabby butt. Flabby butt versus (laughs) Neo U. Um, It's it's a uh, it's like Batman versus Superman. Um, It is. Yeah. I think the Peloton thing is really interesting. You know, having spent a lot of time looking at at Peloton and, and getting to know John Foley over the years. I think he's right. I think that's the smart way to look at it, because the the whole notion of working out at home was revived in some ways. I don't think they invented it at all because, to your point, bar about Jack LaLanne and then later on Jane Fonda, Richard Simmons, then the whole like P90X craze, you know, that it's carried through. But Peloton just revolutionized it in many ways and turned it into – a very high end content company as, as we were talking about. And and I liked what he said about the relationships that you end up forming with these instructors, obviously virtually and, and remotely, it's a real thing. I mean, you know, I have a Peloton, full disclosure, in my basement, and, you know, I definitely look at when I hop on, it's like, all right, am I in the mood for an Emma Lovewell ride or an Alex Toussaint ride or a Robin Arza. I mean, you know, you do sort of form these these impressions and and these relationships. So it'll be interesting to see as they continue to compete because – there are going to be some winners and losers in this space and uh they've got some good money behind them i think this next round feels uh pretty critical for NeoU. my goal is if you
3: don't want to be the number one pick that's something i've been dreaming of some kids it feels better to be number one than number five i wear the number because of mike
1: my... we have a chance to go for three in a row good numbers at a good time when i first start wearing that number i was
0: just happy and proud bloomberg business of sports the number of the week
2: All right, it's time. It's time. I I feel sort of confident but scared after last week. If I can just be honest and and vulnerable with you guys.
0: Oh, you know, this is going to be. I know when I say it, you're going to say, oh, man, this one is very easy. Okay. This
2: one. You you know what, Lynchy? That's always the kiss of death, (laughs) isn't it? It is. It is. Because there's there's no no winning. There's no winning. If you get it, it's like, well, you were supposed to get it. If you didn't get it, you're an idiot. (laughs)
0: This this is (laughs) whoever gets it, jump in. This All is right. uh, the number is 27 million dollars and and the clue is up in smoke up in smoke uh cheech and Chong <laughs> um.
2: 27 million dollars up and smoke. see this is way th- that see now I feel stupid because I I don't get it right <laughs> off it I thought you were gonna talk about the Dodgers and Braves last night and then I was just gonna like put my headset down <laughs> Um <laughs> 27 million dollars up, up in, in smoke smoke you want, you want another hint yes
0: a disastrous free agent signing
2: oh um Le'Veon bell yes ding ding
0: ding yes, at, yes, I, yes, I, it, yes. At, I i don't know i don't know which side you take in this I, I don't know if you take the adam gay side or Le'Veon bell side but uh it, what happened to this guy this guy in fantasy sports this was the number one pick yeah. several years ago, and now all of a sudden he's a free agent. He left the Steelers. Uh, now he's been kicked out from the Jets. Uh, I don't. I don't know what happened.
2: I mean, I see it through, and I am not a Jets fan, but I see it through the eyes of a lot of friends of mine who are Jet fans. It's like. The Jets just find new and different ways to be bad at this. You know, it's like yeah. whether it's bad personnel choices, where it's bad relationships, whatever it is, it's just it's it's always something with the Jets. I have to say, sorry, Jets fans. But I yeah. but the problem is, is that every Jets fan who's listening to this is like, yep, that checks out. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
3: Think about how wise Bill Belichick was back in 2000. After one day, he resigned as the HC of the NYJ yeah. because he was, uh, un- when he was, when he was supposed to take over for Parcells because he was unsure about ownership, yep. he, uh, he didn't, he thought it was uh, an unstable franchise and very uh, clouded and-
2: it, he was it, right. hasn't, it hasn't gotten any clearer <laughs> in no, the intervening no. 19, no. Steve years. No,
3: and Steve Gutman Steve wanted Belichick to go in for psychiatric evaluation <laughs> <the> decision. <laughs>
0: well, you know what, Lynch? Now, I have to ask this real quick. Would Belichick take a Le'Veon Bell now as a running back? Because yes. Because I could see that. Yeah, without question. Without question.
3: Yep. He's, and maybe he's, he's he taken will. a lot of... Uh, a lot of guys that have had problems, you know, and, and some guys have worked out and some guys haven't. Yeah. You know, he brought Albert Hainsworth in and uh, he, didn't, he didn't hang around. He brought Chad Otracinco in. He didn't hang around. But Randy, Randy Moss had a record-setting year when he came here. Mm-hmm. Corey Dillon uh, was part of a Super Bowl team when he came here. So he's taken a lot of recalcitrant uh, figures and, uh, you know, and they know when they go in there. You do it the Patriot way or you hit the highway. But, yes, he would take a chance on them
2: yeah well maybe maybe he'll get his uh his sweatshirt cut uh at some point <laughs> we'll see all right you've been listening to bloomberg business of sports we're here each and every week at the same time plus online wherever you get your podcast you can catch those mondays wednesdays and thursdays i'm jason kelly find me on twitter at jason kelly Race. and i'm mike lynch you can follow me at Lynchy wcbb
0: and i'm michael Barr on twitter at big Car sports you're listening to bloomberg business of sports from bloomberg radio around the world